is going on, everybody? This is totally cool, yeah. kind of weird, but we're excited. This is not an episode number, Nick. Nope. It's a special bonus episode. We are here tonight for a different cause and reason, a collaboration between the Paul Macbeth Foundation and Fight for the Forgotten. We're going to get to meet Justin Wren, the big pygmy, a former UFC fighter. So we're excited about that, Nick, collaboration between disc golf and other worlds of just interest. We know Paul likes UFC, or, mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. So, Evan, you're here. How are you doing, man? Oh, hold on. I muted you. I'm going to, there we go. I caught it. Yeah, quite. go ahead now. Am I live? <laughs> yeah. I, I was just saying I'm doing good. It's always good to talk about people doing good in the world. So I'm pretty excited for this episode Absolutely. to hear all the good things. Absolutely. This show is not about us tonight, but Nick, we are giving away prizes for certain like, like marks in the show. So yeah. if we hit certain amount, 250 live viewers, we're giving away a prize, or I should say Paul Macbeth Foundation is. Yeah. So give us the list. What are we giving away tonight if we hit these marks? So 250 live viewers, we are going to give away a disc from Paul's collection. Personally, in his own collection, 500 viewers, we are also doing the same thing. It is another disc from Paul's collection. At 1,000 live viewers, we will be giving away three a three-pack of signed Paul Macbeth Foundation discs signed by Paul. At 1,000, excuse me, at 1,500 live viewers, we will give away Justin Wren's knife from Batwa Community. He's actually going to show us that later on when we bring him into the show. And at 2,500 live viewers, we'll be giving away a midnight six-pack of Paul Macbeth's collection discs, the Zeus, the Hades, on and on and on, signed by Paul as well, the midnight collection of that. And then at 5,000 live viewers, which <laughs> would do be it. the most that the Nick and Matt show has ever had, at 5,000 live viewers, we'll be giving away a Paul Macbeth Foundation Zuka card. Which is huge. So I think it's limited. Go on to your socials, share this, bring people into the show. Massive giveaways going on. It's limited. That's definitely limited. So yeah. we're starting out a little slow here on the front end. We're going to let that live audience build for sure. But yeah, Nick, our record is like right around 3,000. Yeah. Okay. Again, the people didn't come here for us. We will reiterate what those prizes are for those who didn't mm -hmm. hear, but make sure you get people to tune in live. We want everybody to know. Uh, what is going on yep. here with this collaboration. Also hit the likes, all that kind of stuff. It helps push people to hear more about this project. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in to Paul Macbeth. And then we're going to introduce you as well to Justin Wren here in just a minute. All right, let's welcome to the show, everybody, Paul Macbeth. Paul Macbeth. <laughs> Who's who that? What's up, Paul? Not much. How are you guys doing? We not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. It's weird. Uh, does this feel weird to you? It's not a Monday night. It's a Wednesday night, and it's a little later. Like, what do you think? Uh, I guess, but I'm still kind of lost on the days now. Okay. Not not out on the course. I don't I don't know what days Monday or Saturday. Who yeah, knows? it feels weird. You're not tour. You're not up in Massachusetts right now. I know it sucks, but it's like one of those things when you're on tour. You you know, all right, tournament starts here in a couple of days and mm -hmm. travel days and whatnot, but. Yeah, I cannot tell you. Uh, it doesn't feel any different. I should say that it's Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, feels exactly. different to me. It's been nonstop, which is cool. The tours in town, and we've had a lot of cool things going on. But you are not here. Can you just give? This isn't what the show's about. But let's just get it out of the way. Like your season is done for 2023. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Unfortunately, still dealing with some shoulder stuff. Uh, I mentioned in the past and uh, working on it, but I think I still got three more weeks before I can throw again. So. I played about two weeks early for the world championships, but I was just glad I was able to play. But uh, obviously that delays recovery. So now I'm back home in Jacksonville and uh, 
getting ready for 2024. Okay, awesome. That's good to hear. Um, and then finally here, uh, it's personal, but we all know you're expecting or your wife's expecting and you as well to uh, start a yeah. family beyond a wife. That's coming. Is that coming up soon here? And are you? how excited than, are you? Yeah, less than a month. I mean, it, I, I'm excited. It's one of those things that uh, it's our first. So it's been um, nerve wracking, nerve wracking up until pretty much this month. And now it's just excitement. Now it's like he's almost here. So uh, I'm here. Luckily, I think it was kind of one of those things where uh, it's this injury is more beneficial than anything because I can be here now and getting the baby room ready and being here with Hannah and just uh, preparing for fatherhood. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, something I didn't expect uh, to start the year. I'll say that. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. You know, I've done it four times. The yeah. first one was six weeks early. So you've made it a little further than me with the first one, yeah. um, but you're ready. That's exciting, Paul. We're really happy for you. Thanks for taking the time to come on here. Um, I do want to take a minute. Let's pull in here. Let's go all five up. I'm going to introduce Justin. So Justin, the big pygmy Ren. That's my understanding is that's how you announce it when you're going to go fight. So are we expecting yeah. any fights tonight? No fights tonight. No, <laughs> Thank uh, you. Well, we're fighting for people. So yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, it's, it's the good fight. So, Thank you guys for having me. Really Absolutely. So we're going to get to know a lot more about uh, you, your organization, and uh, what is going on there. And then we'll talk about the collaboration. But we want to start with the Paul Macbeth Foundation. So everybody in the disc golf world, I believe, knows about this. And if they don't, they're hearing it now. You can go find out more at paulmacbethfoundation.org, I believe. Uh, but but let's, let's ask you, Paul. So you started the season in Mexico. Can you tell us a little yes. bit about that? That was earlier on. We're towards the end now. What happened in Mexico? So the first project with the foundation was actually done in La Paz, Mexico, uh, back in 2021. And this year, 2023, they held their first ever PDGA tournament uh, C tier down there. And um, it was it was uh, really big because it was the first time that they had an 18-hole course down there in the um, Baja Peninsula. And uh, I was able to go down there and play this tournament as well as uh, Joey Tamale and some other Americans and, and people from all the way from Maine uh, traveled down for this event. So it was a really cool experience. They've been to a handful of tournaments. Um, some of their players there that have been introduced to disc golf and they've gone to other tournaments in Mexico. And when I got there to see their course layout and all the work that they've done, they had ropes everywhere, OB marked, mandatories. And it was, uh, it was really cool to see that they've put so much effort into it and that they're doing it at the professional level. Because in my opinion, when I saw European disc golf, I feel like that's how it was introduced to them as well. So they're on the, I think they're on the right path right now. Okay. Awesome. And I just want to remind everybody who's listening, share this because we're giving away prizes at certain benchmarks, 250 yes. live subscribers, 500 live subscribers, all the way up the chain. We are yet to hit the first tier. If you want a disc from Paul McBeth's collection, we got to get to 250 first year. Um, Paul, what are some other highlights for this year in regards to the Paul McBeth foundation? Well, so recently, uh, the Monday after D-Glow this year, I was able to go down, I was able to go over to Detroit, which is just down the road from where Discraft is. And uh, we've installed a nine hole disc golf course there. They actually have an 18 hole disc golf course, not too far from where we installed this nine hole course, which is kind of in this little community, water park, playground. 
uh, and it's actually handicap accessible for uh, wheelchairs and such. So they have their own little course there. So it's more of an introduction course uh, for junior level and then also with the accessibility. And uh, we actually partnered with Uplay on that one. Uh, Discraft, we actually partnered with Discraft to get the baskets in there. And then Uplay came for the grand opening and uh, did some clinics to the local community and a tennis club that came over. Uh, so there was a really cool clinic and introduction to disc golf. And I think everyone there got a disc that day. So they got their first disc. And uh, yeah, that was a really fun project um, not too long ago. Okay. Let's go ahead and take this over to Justin. So Justin, I'm totally intrigued here. Uh, I think this will be the first time is this accurate? Paul, you might know this. I know you've, you've listened to the show every now and then. Is this, is this the first UFC fighter we've interviewed? Second. Who was the first? Yeah, ben Askren. Askren. Oh, Ben Askren. Ben Askren. Yeah, Askren. How yeah. did I leave him out? Yep, Ben Askren. All right. Well, this is the first, like, bearded fighter, I should say. We'll go, <laughs> we'll go down that road. <laughs> I checked out your uh, social media earlier, Justin. I think I saw an ice bath. Is that something you do regularly? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was in an ice bath maybe an hour ago, oh. so my hair's still drying. But it was 33 degrees. And Matt, I do have to say that your beard looks better than the animated one for the oh, show. Come on. Yeah. I mean, it's even better. So, I mean, compare it to that one there that we have. And uh, it's, it's, it's gnarly, man. It's, it, it's doing well. It happens. Let it go. Let it grow. Let it flow. All those things. They need to add a yeah. little bit more uh, white into it. So, and it'll be more oh, realistic. No, don't go there, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Nick isn't quite as pale skinned as the logo and my yeah. beard is bigger than the logo. we need to do an update, but you, you know how the beards yeah. are. They just keep growing unless yeah. you trim them. So, um, all right, cool. So let's, let's ask a little bit here. We brought up UFC, man, give us a little bit of that background because it sounds like that's a big part of an introduction to who you are. So what's your background with UFC? Yeah. So I grew up getting very heavily bullied. And so whenever I found MMA, I literally was at a, flea market and I was going to buy a pellet gun because I grew up where a barn was and then we had a bunch of rats in our barn. But instead of buying the pellet gun, I came across UFC 2 through 11. And my first thought was these guys don't get bullied. And so I fell in love with the sport. One, I wanted to become someone different. And two, like I fell in love with the human chess match of it. And although it's you're competing against another person, it's that competition against yourself. So uh, I was a national champion in wrestling. Um, 15 and two professionally MMA. I was on the ultimate fighter TV show. I've kickboxed in Amsterdam, wrestled at Madison square gardens, been the main event at the hard rock in Vegas. Um, and recently, not, not, not so recently, but I was put in the black belt magazine hall of fame, which is an awesome honor. But you know, I, I've found through, and maybe Paul and I will both get into this. Like we are two high level athletes and he's of the highest caliber and, and, and I think he's the goat. So um, I think that for me, it was going from fighting against people to fighting for people that changed my life. And, and it's come through community empowerment. Um, and for the Batwa Pygmy people, th this project can't bring more hope to them. I even have some photos. I thought I would go ahead and show Absolutely. This that I got today, uh, because this is them working on the. Oh, I hope it comes through. Um, we can we can see it, but the exposure is pretty bright. But there, yeah, tipping yeah. it forward a little bit helped. I think tilting it, it seemed forward. Like it, but well, that's know. a that's a bunch of kids playing with the uh, the portable net or however you'd say awesome. it. Awesome. Um, 
let me see if this exposure helps or hurts. But uh, it looks like it oh, hurt if I go. Brighter. We can see the group. That's yep. good. They look really That's happy. Right. They're really happy with their disc. And over to the right side with a big old smile up there is the king's son. So his name's Otu. And his wow. dad's name is Nico. And Otu wow. is, uh, is an awesome guy. And, and he's already talking about being on the traveling team uh, for the Batwa, which for them to have access to sports, like, you know, soccer is a young person's game. Mm -hmm. But Discoff, I think, is, I mean, from what Paul said in the foundation and everyone, you know, from as young as four to elderly, like you can get out there on the course, you can be in nature, which is so close, near and dear to their heart. Um, and then for them to have representation through the Paul Macbeth Foundation and the course they've already set up and the investment they made into to Uganda, now for the most vulnerable people in Uganda, um, the pygmy people who are literally looked down upon, but figuratively too, because they're four foot six on average. Um, wow. They're hunter gatherers, but their way of life has been ripped away from them. Uh, they're no longer allowed to live in the rainforest. And I've held children that have died um, just because of a lack of access to clean water, but also discrimination against their tribe saying you're too dirty to come in here to a mother with a sick child or a doctor literally telling uh, someone that we won't waste our medicine on a pygmy animal, mm. which is insane to think about, right? Mm. It's insane to think about, but Andy Bo's a young man that changed my life and one and a half years old, he died. Um, and I, I helped dig his grave and it was $6 for the shovel that would have, uh, uh, well, $6 for the shovel we buried him with and $30 for the casket, but it was $1 for the pills that would have cured him. It was $3 for the shot that would have cured him. And it was just because of not having access to clean water. Wow. We've, we've started with land, water, food, um, housing. We're doing a health center in a school. We've built the soccer field. But for them to have leisure and sport and disc golf is just a way that they feel literally equal. equal, and, and they can host people on their own land right by their homes and their playground and be able to invite in people. And this is like a peace-building initiative. It's a community-building initiative. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just so incredibly grateful for the Paul Macbeth Foundation and disc golf as a sport. Mm -hmm. awesome. awesome. Yeah. So we got to follow up a few things there. One is you introduced UFC career. Do you still fight at any level? Like what are you doing in that, in that uh, well, field? Yeah. Thanks for asking. I've been dealing with an injury. Um, I was in a car accident actually. So I had a UFC contract offer uh, to make a comeback. And then uh, I've herniated some disc in my, my neck and back. And so I'm just healing up from that and, figuring it out. Uh, luckily I have a life after fighting and you know, there's always life after sports. And I've heard the analogy that an athlete dies twice and that's kind of hard to let go of, you know? Mm -hmm. So we'll see if I get to actually make a comeback. But again, the fighting for people so much bigger than fighting against someone in a cage. And yeah. now I get to actually get on a stage and share this story. Um, and, and now I'm a speaker as well. Never knew I'd have that opportunity to share my own story and, everything that's going on, but it's been, it's been cool to give them a voice. That's, that's the first promise I could make because I didn't know how to get access to clean water. I just knew I had it in my, you know, fridge mm -hmm. or in my toilet, or I could give my dog clean water. So it started with them saying, we don't have a voice. Can you help us have one? Wow. And it was, like, oh, yes. And they said, we're, everyone else calls us the forest people, but we call ourselves the forgotten. 
And so I left fighting on a winning streak for five years. And then I made it come back to the sport. And so technically I'm on the six fight win streak, but there's been gaps in there because this is the, this is my fight. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible message. The chat is loving that. Just a reminder to the chat. If you can help get us more uh, viewers here, we're going to give away a prize when we hit 250 concurrent viewers. So also in follow-up. So you've mentioned a lot about like, Hey, water's a big deal. You're fighting for those who don't have a voice. Um, and, and much more than that. Can you tell us like, maybe even in more detail, what is fight for the forgotten doing there? Like, are you going into a place that I don't know how to call it like what you would imagine as extremely third world and you're helping build that up or like what is fight for the got forgotten doing specifically? Yeah, that's a great question. So we try to be a little different than siloed. This was my home for hopefully you guys can see it. We'll see. Um, mm -hmm. That's twig, twigs and leaves, you know, and it's not even as tall as I am. And so their homes traditionally are twig and leaf huts. And so I, for a year, I slept on the dirt and had the fire as my blanket and no running water and, until we got uh, water wells installed. And so we, we do, it's a multifaceted approach. It's community development, but development means, I mean, that could be a, a mansion or a skyscraper. Uh, we're trying to build better lives. And so the basic human needs uh, for everybody, right? You need land or a place to call your own home, somewhere you can sleep. Um, you need food, you need water, you need health care, you need education, but also you need uh, jobs, you need uh, leisure, like this uh, opportunity is bringing to them. And so we try to meet all those needs and we find the right partners. So we don't know how to install a disc golf course, but the Paul Macbeth Foundation does. Mm -hmm. And so we don't know how to run a hospital. This is going to be our first one, but it is in honor of Andy Bo. So none of the Batwa Pygmy people will ever be denied hospital treatment at our health center. And so we have partners in that aspect too. And the founder of Engineers Without Borders, uh, it's kind of like Doctors Without Borders. He sent out over 17,000 engineers to developing nations. And yet he's on our board of directors and he's our director of engineering for Fight for the Forgotten. So we've built family homes, we've started farms, we've replanted trees, uh, tens of thousands of trees. And today our meeting, uh, we had a board meeting a couple nights ago, we got it approved. Now we're doing a fish pond and beekeeping. So the beehives are getting there this week. Uh, fish pond will start hopefully next month. We'll be growing uh, catfish and we'll be able to produce from our first initial startup pond, be able to produce like 1500 pounds of catfish wow. uh, for wow. the families that live there. So, That's very cool. Yeah. 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 It sounds like, and I'm so glad you're sharing this message. People are inspired already in the live chat. Um, thank you again. And it's so inspiring to hear the things that we might consider simple being so life-changing. So that's, yeah. that's tremendous. Um, so that's great to hear about fight for the forgotten. I, I love the sound of the, the title there. It's perfect. And then the story you share behind it of the group saying like, we're, we are the forgotten and it's totally incredible. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so this is for both Paul um, and you, Justin. Um, why do you do this? It, when presumably, and we don't want to project on anybody's life here, but you could do whatever you wanted, right? You have a great life going for you, but you choose to do what you're doing here. I'll start with you, Paul. Paul Macbeth Foundation, what what leads you to be so invested here? Sure. Yeah, the, the foundation has been a, a dream of mine for years. Uh, I actually have a notebook not far from here that I have written in there about uh, 
making a Paul Macbeth foundation or just a foundation in general. And it's just bringing disc golf and the opportunity to those who might not have it otherwise. Um, and, uh, back then it was a little bit more of just getting it more to kids, uh, whether it's in inner cities or that was before I really traveled outside the U S. So I didn't, I didn't have a dream that big. It was just more, how can I get disc golf into more people's hands? Because for me, it really, um, was an opportunity in my life. Um, I kind of found disc golf when I was transitioning from middle school to high school. Uh, that's when I really picked it up and started playing. And it was kind of, I, I was just a kid that didn't have many friends, knew a lot of people, but didn't have many friends. And uh, disc golf was a way for me to go out, be by myself, but be normal at the same time, because it's golf. And it's something that you're really battling yourself and the course, and you don't need others around. So um, I wanted to find a way to bring disc golf to people who might not, you know, have access to it or have, um, the opportunity. And, uh, as the years have come, um, partnered up with Dustin Leatherman and, uh, Zach and some others to, to create the Paul Macbeth foundation. And we've done it at a global scale. And, uh, it's just, it's just like a, a, a young a young kid's dream, uh, dream come true of, of creating this foundation and sharing disc golf and giving back. And uh, I, I think it's something that, uh, you know, might might be on the same lines as Justin, but just giving an opportunity to people who uh, who might not have it otherwise. And, and, and it's just a small thing that I can do that uh, might be able to change a, a person's life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Justin, he says maybe it's the same, but what's your perspective on this? You could do anything probably, but you want to give back. Yeah, well, I think I think Paul nailed it. I think, um, well, he nailed it. Besides the fact, and I'm not trying to call out the goat, but it's it's not a small thing that you're doing, Paul and and Dustin and Zach and the team. It's a huge thing, you know. It's it's uh, from what I know with the people that this will serve, who are already having such an excitement for it. I wish those pictures came through crystal clear so y'all could see those smiles. Um, it's bringing them on even playing an even playing field or, or even ground with their neighbors who have traditionally assaulted, insulted, attacked, um, and thought of them as less than human, right? So disc golf is a part of this project that is literally um, bringing more humanity, um, bringing them more whole. And so why I do it is the same as, as Paul. I was given opportunities that changed my life. Um, and we're, it, I've said it in ways that opportunity is greater than charity. Charity can be great, but opportunity is always better. And what I mean by that is the traditional sense of the word, a handout instead of a true hand up. And so the opportunity, charity sometimes could be reserved for like war, famine, natural disaster, but opportunity for some kid in Uganda to get his head hands on a disc golf that takes him across the world to maybe compete someday. You know, who knows what this is going to turn into 20 years from now. Um, but the peacekeeping conversations that will happen whenever the Batwa get to bring up, they're already bringing up part of the military from bases that are like their national team in soccer. They're bringing them up there to play the Batwa because the Batwa are smoking everybody <laughs> in, in, in football or soccer. So bring them up and play a game that nobody's ever seen disc golf. What is this? It's new. It's cool. It's fun. And the Batois have it. The pygmy people have it. I want to go play. I want to go see what's going on. 
And so it's, it's really an opportunity at a better life. And so I think they're calling it their land of opportunity. They don't know American history. They don't know what we call this place. Mm-hmm. And so disc golf's a part of it now. And I'm so excited because really the origin story of, of me with a Frisbee uh, and the Pygmy people on my second trip, I wanted to bring something kind of like an icebreaker. Um, and I couldn't bring a, a, a nice bath with me. So I brought a Frisbee <laughs> and, um, and we, we would just play and we'd throw and they never thrown a ball before. Wow. Um, and so they, you know, they would, they would be lucky if they had even a broken piece of a mirror to see themselves. Um, and so to bring a Frisbee and, and throw it straight up in the air and then run for it, thinking it's going to the, like way over there, but it comes back and hits me in the chest, right? <laughs> or throwing it to them and them catching kind of like this, trying to catch the first mm-hmm. for the first time. It's all coming full circle that now what I'm not saying it was because of me, but I have that memory. And now the, the goat is coming in and he's becoming part of it. And his foundation, like this is just beautiful. And he's an MMA fan. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's awesome. Absolutely. So, it's inspiring again to hear what you're saying. We want to help this cause. We're doing it here at the Nick and Matt show to hopefully put a, a spotlight. Um, obviously, you guys have a, even a larger reaching audience than us, but we have the ability here to broadcast this and we're going to give away a prize once we hit this 250 concurrent viewers uh, here in a little bit. Uh, so if you're listening live right now, go ahead and share. If you're listening in the post, as in you're listening, um, driving around your car. This is recorded on, what's the date today, Nick? September today what? is the Pull it up. Let's see, 13th. 13th. Excuse if you're listening me. post post 13th, uh, go into the description for this podcast or the YouTube if you're watching it here. And there is a link there for donating. We also just dropped the donate link right into the live chat. So if you're there, go ahead and do that. Uh, we will give away prizes. There's a lot of great prizes we can give away still tonight. All right. Moving into this partnership. Uh, yeah, okay, go ahead. Real quick. Sorry. I just think that with that donation, it's, it's important to share. We have the Paul McBeth Foundation, but we also have a Paul Milburn Foundation that is matching it dollar for dollar. Boom. So if someone decides to give $20, it becomes $40. And we're trying to raise enough for the disc off. But on the other side, the match is going to the health center, mm-hmm. the school, a community hub. And so this is just a beautiful partnership where we're going to get a disc off course built. And it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait to give you guys updates. <laughs> Hopefully you get Paul out there someday. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, uh, maybe one day, 10 years from now or 15 years from now, we'll get the little one that's on, on their way out there. Right. Uh, because this is this project isn't go. going anywhere. It's a 15, 20 year commitment and beyond. Um, so anyways, it's just going to be matched if anyone I'm feels glad. like they're bucks or five bucks it's it's matched i am glad you said that that needs a little bit of a some boosted music here yeah. so <laughs> this is a goal to reach fifteen thousand dollars for this project if you donate tonight or any time in the next four weeks of this campaign but tonight you have a chance to get in here if we get enough viewers in here to get a prize tonight but if you donate fifty dollars five dollars a hundred dollars thousand dollars it is being matched 100%. So that means if you give 50, 100 is being given towards this project and part of it. And, and maybe it's not split specifically, but my understanding is like you're giving 50 to disc golf and then 50 is being added to make sure the infrastructure of all of this going in is just going to be sustainable. Does that sound right? Yep, absolutely. Okay. Exciting. It really that is great. Yep. Okay. This partnership, Paul, 
we we just heard you know fan of MMA and what you're doing with your foundation. How did you guys get connected? Did you just like say, "Hey, big pygmy, like you're awesome"? Like, well, how'd that go down? <laughs> well, I wish it was that easy okay, to connect okay. with people. Okay. <laughs> but no, no, actually, um, well, yeah, I am a fan of MMA. And uh, years ago, I was watching, and I don't know if it was the Ultimate Fighter or if it was on Bellator, but uh, this uh, Justin was introduced as the big pygmy. Uh, for one of his fights and knowing the word pygmy i did not think he was a, <laughs> a pygmy of some sort so it was uh an interesting nickname that made me look up and and saw the story and and they talked about a little bit about the fight for forgotten and uh yeah and so that was when i first heard about justin and uh his foundation and i just i don't think i reached out on instagram but i i told dustin um and i said Justin has an incredible foundation. I'd love to partner with him in some way. And that might have been two years ago when we first started this foundation. And uh, yeah, so it's been two years in the making um, of getting this course and this partnership together. And uh, I don't know when Justin actually heard from my foundation, but uh, I'm just happy it, it finally happened and that we're, we're here. We're doing it. Yeah. And there's so many parts. I mean, even it, just to put it in perspective, even to get a show lined up and to bring two different organizations together and just to coordinate all that goes into how we're raising money and who's donating and who's matching and prize. I mean, this is massive. So if this is massive to get this show together, the scale of the project must be a lot larger, of course. So, um, Justin, you've done so many great things. Tell us what you think will happen with the addition of disc golf. You talked about them catching Frisbees, you bring in that stuff. Like, how do you see this actually benefiting a course there at this project? What's, what do you see as a vision for that? Yeah, I think the vision is wholeness to have a happy, healthy, thriving community, right? From a community that when we first met them, guys, I can't explain that when they were evicted from the rainforest, they were put on less than one acre of land behind slums. Uh, and there was this hill that went down and people would throw out their raw sewage and that raw sewage, I have been there whenever they have to pick up their pots and pans that are literally boiling things and move the fire because the raw sewage is going to put out the fire. Um, and so, and it was unsafe. It was truly unsafe and, uh, not just because of sickness and disease, but because of the things that would happen and they didn't have doors. They didn't have doors. They had rice bags as doors or, or sheets as doors. And in the middle of the night, people could come in and, and I'll, I'll just, I'll keep it tame, but could attack the, the women and the children um, in terrible ways. And so up there on the land has literally become, they say it's their city on a hill. It's their place of hope. And the celebration we had was one of, of life and freedom and uh, a new beginning. And so disc golf is part of that new beginning to, to help one of the oldest people groups on earth. Anthropologists say they're the oldest people of Africa and that we came from there. And so to see hunters and gatherers be going towards farming now because it's their only real way and the sustainable fish, fish pond for protein, it's like part of that is actually disc golf. And I know that it takes a minute to get there, but this is... This is something that makes them feel truly, um, and, and I'm using their terminology, we feel truly human now, wow. like, like, like we belong. 
like we belonged. And mm. so whenever people come to visit them, uh, to play games on their land, to use their playground with the neighboring children or compete on soccer or people getting to learn the game and they're, they're starting to, I don't know what you call it, an ace or a hole in one, but they start you know, wanting to show that off uh, to their neighbors or invite them over for a game uh, or a match. How do you say it? Set? Uh, a fight? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what would you say? A round. round. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. A round. A round. Yeah. A round. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be great. And I can't wait to show you all some, some videos and pictures of it all coming together. Isn't it in boxing? They call it rounds. Is that, is that accurate? I don't yeah. watch it. Okay. So the MMA too. Oh, okay. So we have rounds in both. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're getting closer here towards the end of like the formalized portion. Justin said he had all night. I don't know about Paul. He's, you know, taking care of his <laughs> wife. They're only a few weeks out, but um, I wanted to ask a few questions specifically about the disc golf portion of this project too. Uh, Justin, again, your involvement here is appreciated, but Paul, is it a nine hole course, 18 hole, 27? Where are we going with this? Uh, do you know what the project's details are there? So I did not actually know the number of holes okay. uh, or the the course design. Uh, we have our designer Paul that went actually Paul that went out there. Okay, nine. All right, there we go, nine. Uh, but I know all the baskets are actually being built there. Okay, um, wow. So they're making them. Yeah, so they're building them. And one of the cool aspects of that is they're going to learn how to build the baskets. So they're actually going to be building the baskets for the neighboring countries as well, and any other course or project that we'll be working with going into uh, Africa. Okay, I can um, I can tag onto that. Do but, it. Um, mm -hmm. We're having not just English classes and um, other things that are preparing the way for the school, but we're having vocational training. So part of that is welding, and so there's a university that the Paul McBeth Foundation is partnered with that's already building uh, nets and and helping with the courses. And we we hope that the Batwa that are already learning, there's three men there, and they they asked for basically like a business loan. Um, and training so that they can have the skill uh, because people can't take away your education or your skills, right? So they're getting that, edu being educated in that to make, uh, whether it's windows or doors or fences, but also these nets. And so it's going to be an opportunity for them to sell it and see a product that they made with their hands, just like when they built their own homes. Now they can build their own um, anything and sell it and it can go out of the country to someone else to help spread that joy in the game. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, live chat. Any questions? We'll try to see if there's any that come through that we'd like to ask Evan. You're sitting there quietly. I can, and I Paul, can show my first, I, I can show my first giveaway. Okay, disc, let's if that's going to help. Let's show it. Let's hope. Uh, so this one, oh, there we go. Full screen. So this one's coming straight out of my bag. Whoa. Uh, the force team discraft. Not, not many people get the team discraft one. So if we can get this first 250 mark, yeah, that'll be the first disc to go. Absolutely. And to be clear, I'm glad you brought that up. If we can see, it's just boosting up a little bit, right? As you showed the desk, see, but <laughs> if we can get this up tonight, we'll give them away. And we will also be giving away on future episodes of the Nick and Matt show, depending on certain tiers that are met as well. We'll be doing giveaways on our show. So don't leave uh look at that the numbers all you had to do is hold up a disc i don't know how that works people love the team stamp stuff but how it's are crazy. people that aren't oh, watching yeah. how yeah. are people that aren't watching seeing him hold up a disc like i don't get it but okay all right so people are logging into their extra youtube accounts <laughs> uh, i got a question really quick it's just you know we're talking about this show and we're doing this you know massive opportunity for it 
what's another way that people can support either the fight for the forgotten charity foundation or the Paul Macbeth foundation? What are other ways that we can collectively help you guys out? Justin, we can start off with you. Yeah, I'm pulling it up on, on fight for the forgotten.org. There's a Paul FFTF, Paul Macbeth foundation kind of partnership. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a little drop down box. And then if you keep scrolling, it'll show, the Paul Macbeth Foundation there. And we started a crowdfunding campaign there. Looks like we've already had 10 supporters from this show. Awesome. Because we Amazing. were at $0, wow. and now we're at $255, which will become more we than- We just hit- is, Yeah, we're uh, looking at 500 We literally yeah. just, Paul, you got to hold up more discs. We just hit the first criteria. So <laughs> We did. Okay. The perfect. way we're going to yeah. do this. That's <laughs> so funny how that works. <laughs> I don't know how that worked, actually, but- <laughs> I don't either. But if we yeah. keep going, we're going to give away more. And I'm sure you have some more to give away. We have, in fact, I'll yeah. just te- I have a, I have my whole bag right there. <laughs> the whole bag. <laughs> just hold it up. No. Maybe we'll just pick numbers and then yeah. I'll grab that number of discs. At 379. <laughs> I don't think we're hitting it tonight. But at 2,500 live, we are giving away a midnight six-pack. So the prizes do keep, I'll say, getting yeah. better. But so keep sharing. Keep, the numbers are increasing. Here we go. We Perfect. hit 10,000. I'll go grab my whole bag and give it away. I oh, Look at that. I <laughs> I think someone went <laughs> on to 30 minutes. So. <laughs> I think someone went on to other live disc golf podcasts, possibly tonight and said, like, go over here. They're giving stuff away. I don't know, but we're starting to get a boosted yeah. audience. Okay. Um, well, I'll say thank you real quick. Just to Alden and Evan and Matthew wow. and Joshua and Nathan and Dennis and Dwight and Monty. Oh, and William, William Martin gave uh, actually a hundred dollars himself. Wow. The biggest donation wow. yet. So wow. thank you guys so much. I appreciate yeah. that. I think I can do this, but here's the knife. Oh boy! Yeah, but if we don't get to fifteen hundred, we can uh, <laughs> figure out. give away this handcrafted, handmade knife to the biggest donor, which wow. would be William Morton. So, oh my! Hold on uh, a second. It'll, it'll at least be a thank you. I got to check with my yeah. board of directors. <laughs> hold on a second. You. He just, yeah, we got to figure that one out. But he's going to give the knife away somehow or another. Yeah, yeah, somehow, somehow. That I will. knife. The biggest donor, or if we get to fifteen hundred, one hundred percent, I'm giving it away. So I was just thinking I could hold on to that until we give it away. It looks pretty cool. So that yeah. is really neat. It's a, some form of artifact handmade knife or something. That's really cool. So, all right. Yeah. They, they hand burn it um, into their carvings. Wow. So oh, they wow. put it over a fire. They also do that with this scrap metal. They'll, uh, they'll pound it down to nothing. So it's pretty thin. But uh, you might need to get a tetanus shot before we send it out. <laughs> uh, but Wonderful. It's, it's pretty sweet. Like this one was actually made by Mama Grace. Okay. There's an elder in the village that made this one. And man, there's a video where this woman, 70 years old, uh, about 70, they don't normally know their, their exact age, but she got a bed for the first time, right? In a home. And you would think it was a California king size bed and her giving us the tour of her home and it's three bedrooms and it's awesome uh but you think it was the ritz carlton or a mansion and so it's it's been pretty awesome but this is one of the things she does as a skill and a trade is make these knives wow um and it's pretty great like i I think this exact one was there whenever we had the celebration with a goat and i think if it didn't slaughter the goat i don't think this is one that slaughtered (laughs) It at least uh, it at least helped carve the meat <laughs> yeah. and stuff. So I was just gonna say, there's Insane. so many goat references here. Yeah. Like, do anyways. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna do a live giveaway right now for that first disc that Paul held up. 
because Paul's giving this one away, we're going to go ahead and default to you, Paul. Uh, I want you to pick a number between one and 10, and we'll explain that in a second. One and 10. All right, I'm going to go number two. Okay, two. So what we're going to do, everybody, I'm putting up a phone number on the screen. You need to dial that phone number. We're taking the second phone call. Please, if you start dialing the phone, turn off your YouTube feed. It's this weird echo loop thing. It's no good for anybody. So I'm going to go ahead put the phone up. We're going to take the second caller and we'll say, hi, thank you. And then we will uh, con connect with you via text message. So here's the can phone. We, number. Can we let them ask a question. Yeah, we can let them ask a question too. So yeah, we'll, why not? we'll keep oh, them on wow. for a little bit. And assuming all the tech works here, you guys should be able to hear the phone yeah. call as well. The call Otherwise, lines are open. We will number two, you're going to get chosen. <laughs> Matt should be checking that. Yeah, very definitely soon. checking. What kind of music should I do? Okay, here we go. We're we're going to get through. Here we go. Here it is. Let's pull them in, everybody. Uh, can you hear us? If you can, you're live on the Nick and Matt show. What's your name? Yo, what? I'm Caleb. My name's Caleb. All right. What's up, Caleb? <laughs> Caleb, Paul, and uh, Justin, you can hear him? Yes. Okay, yes. Awesome. awesome. So, Caleb, you just won this uh, gift from Paul. I'm oh, going yeah, yeah. to take it down right now. So, let me put up Paul here. Here we go. Um, Paul, that's the disc that Caleb just won. Caleb, uh, yep. yeah. Do you want to say anything to Caleb, Paul? Congrats. Yeah, congrats. Congrats, and thank you for watching. Absolutely. It's important. So, Caleb, um, just tell us really quickly where you're from, how long you've been playing. I'm assuming disc golf, but tell us the details. Uh, I'm from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Paul's actually designing a course in my hometown. I've oh, walked yeah. back to truck a couple times, but, yeah, I've been playing since I was, like, 10. I'm, like, this is the first year I've actually taken it seriously. I'm kind of on the road now, so this is freaking sick awesome this is sick it is That's pretty awesome sick. we're glad to have you oh, yeah, that online. course is going to be incredible that course is going to be incredible thanks man i've watched this show yeah. every week so this is dope Hell yeah. <laughs> That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> caleb you're making us smile man you need to stop but um so do you have any questions for either justin or paul i mean now you got this direct access anything you can think of what's on your mind if nothing you can say that too i mean like I feel like I had questions until I got on here and everything just went blank. <laughs> yeah. All right. I would, I would ask who your favorite player is, but I don't want to do that to Paul. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's always been Paul. Oh, I've got, go. so I met Paul when I was like 14. And oh, no, did we lose him? We just we lost, lost him. him. No. Okay. So oh, Caleb, no. we lost you. That, that is actually yeah. not like, it's funny, but it's not funny. I yeah. wish we could have said goodbye. <laughs> um, we did not mean to do that to you, Caleb. So Caleb, uh, text me via that same phone number that you just called me on. Uh, we don't have the phone number up anymore, but go ahead and send me a text message on that number with your name. Um, maybe a few details about yourself so I can confirm it was you. Uh, but we'll go with that. Yeah. That was cool. Okay. Caleb, very cool. Um, again, we're not going to keep this going all night. We probably have a maximum of 15 minutes left. If we hit that second criteria, Paul's doing another disc from his bag. Again, if we get really high up, uh, we're going to let Justin decide how to give that away, but we're aiming for 1500. Can we mm -hmm. do that here in the last little bit? Possibly. Um, so they're building baskets. Uh, this is in my understanding is the border of Uganda and democratic Republic of Congo, commonly called the DRC. So, what have you already been doing in this area? Or is this a totally new project for you as well, Justin? It's not a totally new project. I lived in the Congo. Mm. Um, but the Batwa, uh, half of them were displaced from Congo and came over to Uganda. And the others were just following the animals in the forest. And they kind of got trapped in Uganda um, and couldn't go back. And so basically they lived lives uh, similar to refugees or displaced people. But 
not until about 15 years ago when they were evicted from the rainforest. And so they were able to hunt and gather and live their traditional way of life peacefully. Um, they're protectors of the forest. They're the people of the forest. Uh, but tragically, in the, I would say, in the name of sustainability, the most sustainable people on earth uh, were removed from their ancestral lands. And so um, we've been working specifically among this group for the last three or four years, heavily invested, um, actually five years uh, with, yeah, 2018. And so one of the guys that helped teach me how to drill water wells, his name's BTEC, he's our team leader. He risked his life to live in the Congo with me and teach me how to drill wells. Because if we go to martial arts terms, I was a white belt well driller. I just had a passion for it, but I didn't have the tools and techniques and tactics and experience uh, to be a, a good well driller. And so he had had 400 plus wins under his belt. Uh, he was almost killed on his first day in Congo. Um, they tried to put tires around him and set him on fire. He's Ugandan and an accident, but he decided to stay. He decided to stay. So BTEC grew up as a child soldier. Tragic, tragic story. Was one of only a handful of people that survived. Um, and he had a real heart for the pygmy people once he met him in Congo. And he came back to Uganda. It's like, we got to do the same thing here because, you know, their traditional way of life isn't like in Congo. So since it was ripped away from him, he, he, had, he was the one with the vision that we need to build them uh, infrastructure and we need to get them off this land and basically save their lives. So King Nzito, um, who is Uutu's uh, father, um, he said um, it was basically his vision. He drew it with a stick in the dirt um, saying land, water, food, and then beyond healthcare and education, now disc golf. And it's been, it's been pretty awesome to see like what people will do or ideas they come up with in conversation. You know, what do you need and how could we help? And then really allowing them to be the solution to the problem. It's got to be a local solution to a local problem. They have to, they have to be the answer. And so, yeah, I just am so proud of BTEC. He's been my brother now for like 12 years. And I'm so glad he redirected us to, or, or expanded our vision. Mm -hmm. Um, because we want to replicate this in all eight or nine African nations where the pygmy people are. This is our second country to do it in, um, but we're going to do this proof of concept with this community hub and community empowerment, and then we'll take it to another one. We've already identified our next community, and um, yeah, so we're off to, off off to the races now. And I think maybe maybe I can uh, have a disc off 2.0 in in Uganda come into the Batwa uh, eventually, if, especially if they're learning how to make the baskets and everything. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Uh, I want to take a minute just to remind everybody that the donations made are being matched 100% dollar for dollar. So go ahead, donate at the link, both in our description or in the live chat here. And I want to also point out, don't super chat us here. I mean, we appreciate it, but this is not going into being matched. And in fact, YouTube, man... I don't know if they're going to shut me down for this, but they take a lot of the money from a super chat. So we just want to give directly to the link in our description, mm -hmm. not into the chat itself. Um, Paul, Caleb texted us. There, there you go. Perfect. What do, what do you? We're up to four hundred and seventy-five dollars now. Incredible. Wonderful. People, yeah. So, so almost right. had a thousand dollars match so far. Yeah. Insane. Wonderful. Um, he said. He start he he wanted to ask a question. We dropped him, and he's like, he's too nervous to talk, so don't call him back. So he said he started touring this year with his wife in an SUV. That must be a fun time. So what Paul is doing in general is his dream. I'd ask, what's the path to take to be the best and to be able to have the opportunity to do everything that you're able to do? Man, how do you get to that point? Right, oh, that's a big that's question. Big. Yeah, that's big. big. Yeah. 
it, we, we got all funny. night. I try to ju- we got all night. <laughs> I try to ju- I try to drill us into Nick Carl's head all the time. Oh, no, but, uh, oh, God. <laughs> yes, Nick. What does Paul say? <laughs> Tell us what Paul says real quick. Yeah, what does he say? Uh, well, one of the first things Paul always told me was uh, when you can win everything locally, you can start touring around and be a competitive player on the tour. Uh, we were actually just having this conversation is what do we think is better, a 1020 touring rated player or a 1020 local rated player? Um, just building the confidence in your local area. And then obviously it goes without saying the practice every single day. You got to treat it like your full time job, which, you know, it sounds all good and fun. It is, you know, <laughs> it is hard to do. It's very, very hard work. Um, but it is a dream for many people. But I'll let Paul actually give the legitimate answer. Was that close, Paul? Uh, no, that was spot on. Oh, there you go. Uh, it's like if you can't if you can't win on the regional scene and your local area and your local region, you know whether it's the South, New England, you know West Coast or whatever. It's it's you're not going to do it on the world stage and, and doing it touring if you're trying to get in the pro tour and things like that. So, you know there are those opportunities and those those outliners that do come out and like Parker Welk this year where. He, you know, he wasn't really there all year. He's had the skill, but then he goes on and wins at, uh, I think it was the DDO. DDO yeah. um, but he goes on and wins that. But I mean, if you look at all the SoCal tournaments and, and California tournaments, you know, he was at the top. He was winning or top three at every event. So, you know, for someone like that, who's taken, you know, that's, that's struggling to cash and then comes out and wins. Um, you need to do it on the regional scene. You need to win your, your, your county, your your state, the couple states bordering, and then when you can start, you know, winning one out of four events on that scene, then you might be able to to step it up um, and and try to get on the tour. But uh, yeah, I think that's big. Uh, in in uh, yeah, and I, and I, you know, I think that's the fighting scene too. Mm. You know, yeah, you don't I, just I you don't just get for you, Paul. Uh, yeah, well, I have a story with visualization, and I wonder mm-hmm. if you have one you could go off of, but I'll share mine real quick. I had two Olympic gold medalists as my high school coaches. So I was really fortunate, blessed, grateful uh, to learn from the best right at the beginning, right? And uh, not develop a lot of bad habits. But one of the things they really drilled into me because I came into it late in the game at 15 years old, um, which for wrestling, a lot of guys get started at four or five, six years old. Um, They're like, go visualize this. And we promise, write down state champion, put it above your bed or put it at your mirror when you're brushing your teeth. And think about being a state champion. And we'll make you a state champion by the time you're a senior. So I went home and being ambitious, they're world champions. I, I wrote down national champion. And I put in both places, above my bed and on the mirror. So when I'm going to sleep, I'm dreaming about it. When I'm waking up and brushing my teeth, I'm, I'm already starting my day off that way. And then they told me to take, take two pictures of my – I was trying to learn too many moves at first. I don't know if this is a thing in, in, in <laughs> your, the way you throw. Yeah. Like, I was trying to learn way too many things instead of mastering one or two. Like, you're just going to now learn two moves, and it doesn't matter if they know it's coming. You're going to get it anyways um, because you're going to have drilled that thing instead of 100 moves 10 times, 50 times. You're going to do two moves 10,000 times or 100,000 times. And so I a lateral drop, I uh, it's a throw. I put it on the left of national champion above my bed, uh, a picture of an Olympian doing it. Then a, a really famous picture of a belly-to-back suplex, and I put it on the right of national champion uh, national champ. And so my first national championship I won was with the move on the left. And the second national championship I won was with the move on the right. <laughs> wow. And it was just like that power of visualization, like seeing it a hundred times. And so Paul, what what's your kind of mindset going into a tournament? What are you what are you thinking and visualizing? I know you probably have a routine of the prep you do physically, but mentally, what do you do? 
Yeah. I mean, it's funny you say that visualization is, is huge. Um, you know, visualizing the shot you want to throw the shape you want to throw. And that, that starts in the practice and, and, um, you know, from, I, I could probably walk through the course I grew up on and tell you what disc I'm throwing on every hole, the discs that are in my bag and what disc I would throw on that hole. And I haven't played there in, in five or so years, or, or even from the old, um, layout from back when I grew up on it, I can still visualize every hole that was there and, and remember it. And um, that's kind of how I, I, I treat disc golf and, and some of the course prep too. the night before is, is going through the course through my head and uh, just figuring out which disc I want to throw to where and to when I get to that shot, I don't have to focus on the shot. I already know what I want to do and, and maybe some slight adjustments with the wind and things like that. But um, it, in golf, you just don't want to think, you don't want to use your brain. You want to overthink things. You just want to get out there and, and throw the shot and go through the routine um but uh sorry do you have a do you have a story of uh maybe or even just one thing that pops out to you of a time you were you were in that flow state but also you just remember you saw this shot at this hole at this you know at this tournament during golf that you just like it felt felt like exactly how you pictured it let's see yeah there's definitely a couple um the most recent one was probably the world championships last year. Uh, we went to a playoff and on the playoff hole, uh, or let's see, leading up to the playoff hole, hole 16, this Island hole, I, uh, it's very, very important hole because it's kind of a, a stroke swing hole. Someone can birdie it. You can bogey it very easily and two, two strokes swing real quick. And, um, I just pictured this buzz shot in my head of just placing it into the back wall and then putting back at the water and just not fearing the water at all. Like I'm going to make this putt no matter what. I just need to put it to the wall and just visualizing, visualizing the line I need to throw there. And then the next hole 17, I had this crazy shot where I threw a bad drive, but I had kind of almost like an outer body experience where I looked over the fairway and was like, okay, where can I reach it safely and give myself a chance to potentially get a birdie? And, um, I just threw over the OB, which was probably not the smartest shot, but I'm playing for the world championships and I, I need to, I need to make this happen. And I was able to clear the out of bounds and uh, give myself an opportunity and things worked out the way that they did. We ended up tying, going to a playoff and uh, the shot on the Island hole. I don't think I could have picked a better one to, to finish that tournament on. And the uh, same thing just threw that buzz to the back wall. And luckily this time I didn't have to make that putt, but, uh, I was prepared to do so. And um, usually the world championships and things like that, I can kind of shoot back to that, that specific moment that I feel like really changed the tide and, and uh, secured the, the event for me. So I don't know, I don't know everything you just said, but uh, in the words of Caleb, <laughs> that sounded so sick. <laughs> I love it. I love getting in the mind yeah. of it high-level athlete like yourself, so thank you for yeah. sharing that. Absolutely. Awesome. No, awesome. it, it, let me, I yeah, want to finish ahead. one more thing yeah. on that visualization. Uh, I've been talking to Dylan Steves. He's a professional baseball player, and that's kind of his main focus right now is, is he's got to visualize a lot more. Uh, he's done that the last couple of years in his career, but uh, it's something they preach a lot in, uh, in, in baseball as well as, is, you know, the whole bottom of the ninth, two outs, full count, you know, what are you going to do? You're not going to watch that pitch, but, uh, you know, kind of that, that mindset. And I think that really creates so many dreams for young athletes. Definitely. Wow, that's awesome. I'll kind of bounce off of Justin's really quick too. And this is also a story that has to do with Paul is um, the visualization, but then also writing stuff down and kind of giving yourself those goals, but seeing that goal every single day 
Uh, Paul and I went and watched a movie called King Richard. It's about the Williams sisters and the tennis and their kind of claim to fame growing up with their father the way that he was. But he had everything written out for them. He had their lives pretty much planned in a book and wrote it down and just consistently stayed on that track. And that's something where, you know, some of the smaller big tournaments that I've won a couple A tiers, some big B tiers that I've played well at, even the one time that I was able to make a lead card in an elite series event was visualizing, but then writing those things down is that, you know, these are goals that I want to accomplish and this is how I'm going to accomplish them. So being able to look at that every single day, some people have, you know, pictures of famous athletes that also have been able to achieve incredible things in life. And I think, like I said, writing it down in the visualization, like Justin was talking about as well. All right. So I want to ask to a fighter here, the the best fighter in this group by far, I'm sure. I mean, we haven't seen me fight. I put some money on it. Yeah, you bet. I mean, we haven't seen me fight. I don't think I'm that good. Evan's pretty scrappy. Evan's tall. You know, Evan's still here. I, mean, I, could probably, I could probably match Justin for size, but I will break like a twig in less than a second. So I wanted to ask about that. It looks like Paul might have something for us too here in a minute, but I wanted to ask about the goat conversation, right? In disc golf, there's one, like, how about fighting? Do you have in your mind who you think is like the best fighter? Like you're like, it's pretty easy or at least a top two. Uh, it's hard. Does it work that it's hard way? Because, um, yeah, it Weight works classes. out. Sure, there's there's mm-hmm. pound for pound rankings. And, okay. Um, you know, Khabib Nurmagomedov, uh, retired undefeated, but at the same time, his competition might not have been the same as like a John Jones, oh. who is only, his only loss was on a card that I was on, on the Ultimate Fighter, but it wasn't a real loss. It was a, it was a EQ. He, he threw an illegal yeah. up 12 oh. to six, which is, shouldn't even be illegal. This is like a karate thing. Okay. Um, well, and, the- uh, it doesn't generate more power, um, but they say, well, one of those, go ahead, Paul. Oh, I was going to say, and it was Matt Hamill too, who's deaf. And they were, the ref was talking to him and the fighter was deaf. He didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> yeah. And so it was, uh, those two guys are, are, are way up there, but there's plenty of others. Fedor Emelianenko maybe stayed in it a little too long, um, but he was the scariest heavyweight there's probably ever been. Um, and then the list goes on and on. But I think what sets those guys apart is is what Paul has in that that magic or secret sauce. It's, it's the obsession with the sport. Um, but I think what I can say about Paul that I think is maybe different um, that I see is he's already got the mind for the community. Not that those guys don't, but sometimes in being an athlete, you need to be so you need to be selfish to perform at the highest level. Um, and for Paul to have already moved into that part of, you know, Hey, I have to be selfish when it comes to the sport. And I'm, I'm just saying that, but he's also thinking bigger than that, you know, selflessly. How can I give back to the kids that are in the same place I was? And so that's a beautiful thing. And I think, I think those are the guys that should be, if they're at the top of the game right now and they're thinking that way, I think that's stuff of, of, of legendary status. So Paul, I'm grateful for you, man. I really am. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and just real quick, uh, my Michael Bezdek, a guy on my team, he's incredible. He said, dude, donations are flooding in. Okay, um, amazing. So we're at $1,615. Awesome. Uh, which is going to be don- uh, doubled, so over 3000 Wow. Wow. Uh, so, nice. yeah, this is just awesome. Daniel Persinger, $250. Uh, 
Dang. Um, the leader right now, $500 was anonymously donated. So thank you so wow. much. I don't know if you a knife though, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll say this. I know we don't have much time and so I'm pretty safe with saying it, but if somehow, some way in the next you know minute, we got 500 viewers just live. I'll film a video of Justin tapping me out. I'll let him put. I'll let him put me to sleep, and you know we can film it and everything. If I ever get the fortune and pleasure of meeting him, of course you say that. Out. Yeah, yeah, you know I'm pretty safe. If we're, uh, you know, Evan, I, I think we're safe. Evan, you sat quiet most of the night, and we knew that would be the case. We, there's not a lot of stats on Justin's fighting career that you probably have. We could ask Paul, and we could go back and forth all night. But we had someone in the chats like, man. Does Evan have a question? He's always got great questions. Does anything stand out to you? Are you inspired tonight? What are you thinking? Well, I, I appreciate them saying I have great questions. I I, I sometimes wonder what I should ask, but I, I don't have anything to ask right now. But I will say I've, I've really enjoyed hearing Paul and Justin talk about both their organizations. Uh, this stuff is so important, I think, to uh, just the world in general to do good. So I, it's been a pleasure sitting here in, uh, in this virtual studio listening to them directly but uh whether i was listening here or just on youtube it's just an enjoy uh it's a joy to listen to them so thank you both for coming on and sharing these stories uh and hoping for the uh continued growth of both of these organizations and the good that you guys are doing absolutely and, and, thank you. yeah th thank you evan um he's our stat guy justin he's the like the disc golf I don't want to say disc golf stat guy. He's stat Mando and a team over there. Evan is great for that. I do want to go to the live chat quick because when Nick said he would get tapped out, if we hit a certain amount and certain time, Hannah, Paul, your wife's in here. She said, be right back. I'm calling my entire contact list. Number one. <laughs> and then, and then another person. And now hopefully they donate anyways, but they said, if you let Matt choke you out, as in, if I jump over the other side of the desk, they will donate $100 right now. So if I just go over there, just choke you out, bro. Yeah. All of a sudden, like Gannon Burr just comes from the curtain, just yeah. chokes me out. <laughs> the reason we say Gannon, he's actually staying yeah. here uh, for the week. So that might happen, but yeah. um, this has been extremely fun. Say that again. A virtual, yeah, virtual coaching. The little, little turn yeah. of the arm, a little tighter. Uh, you know, and hey, I'm just, I'm just throwing this out there. If we want to do this, uh, the Tyus uh, is anonymous, so I can't give that away. But I, I'll do two of these knives. I'm going back in November. I can wow. get another, um, and I'll bring one back for someone uh, that's the largest donor here. And then if we wanted to do one live, we can do that as well. Just whatever you guys. Okay. Think. So that's, that's what you're saying right now is largest donor for that knife. So we're going to go 60 seconds more. Okay. Just because you just made that announcement and I want to give everybody yeah. that or, chance. Or we can do one live, we can do one live yeah. uh, from a caller if I want to. And then I'll do a second one oh, for the largest donor. Yeah. Okay. Do okay. So you want to do, we can do one live. And if that's the case, let's, let's bring up the phone number. But before we do the phone number, I need Justin to pick a number. Let's go a little, let's, let's move it up. Let's say between five and 15, let's bump it up. So we're going to get a few calls in here. What do you think, Justin? What uh, number? Seven point, no, seven, seven works. Seven works. Okay. Seven works. People are already calling and they didn't put the phone number up. So it doesn't count. Okay. Here we go. Here's <laughs> starting the now. Here's the phone number. And we're going to take the seventh is what you said. Correct. Seventh. So I'll, I'll ask this while we have a couple seconds, Justin, it, realistically, if you and I were to be hanging out and I said, all right, I'm going to give it my all me against you. How quickly I, I have no fighting experience. Absolutely zero, like maybe 0.001% chance or excuse me, a fighting, you know, that I've done. Um, how quickly would it take for you to tap me out? 
Um, in a professional fight, the fastest Luke? was 16 seconds. Okay. 16 so, seconds. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Less than that, I think. <laughs> I, I would say so. I'm like, Nick man. can run fast, though. <laughs> yeah, that's my best. <laughs> no, are we in an open field? Or are we on a disc golf no, course? No, we're, we're in an octagon. Man, we're in an octagon. Oh, or a box we're, of we're I'm going right <laughs> at you. I'm, I'm going to the flying knee. <laughs> okay. We have our seventh caller lined up here. I heard you say hello a minute ago. You probably heard us talking about random things with choking out, but this is the Nick and Matt show. You have made it through. No, no and, way. Yeah, guess way. So can you hear us? And what's oh. your name? Yeah, my name is Bryant Dunson. Bryant Dunson. Okay, so do you know what you just called the win? Yes. What? What Sick is it? Looking knife. It's a knife. And uh, <laughs> Justin, tell him real quick again what's special about this knife. Well, first, have you had your tetanus shot recently? Is it up to date? <laughs> no, uh, man. I'm I'm so happy to give this to you. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for supporting Paul, Matt, Nick, Evan. Um, in the Paul McBeth Foundation, man. We're really grateful for you. And uh, this knife was made by Mama Grace. And I'll send you a picture or a video of her as well. Um, she's amazing. She's incredible. She's one of the sweetest human beings on earth. Uh, but literally, she made this with her hands and her feet. I've got a video of that, of her like sharpening it underneath the heel of her foot, just scraping it against the dirt and against a stone. And then whenever she burns this handle, she's literally just holding it over a fire and then just using another knife that's hot um, and burning in the carvings on there. So this wow. exact one will be here. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful you're supporting the show and, and thank you for supporting the foundations. Yes. From Absolutely. all of us, thank you thank very you. much. And so I just sent you a text uh, asking for your full name and shipping address. We'll provide that over to whoever needs to get that over there mm -hmm. at Fight for the Forgotten, uh, Justin. And that was awesome. Hey, you're still on the call. Are you a disc golfer? Yeah. I am. Okay. How long have you been uh, playing? I officially about a year. Okay. Awesome. Welcome to the sport. Um, I'm hoping you enjoy it a lot. I love it. Okay. Paul's actually, obviously my favorite. Um, so this is sick. Thank you. Very cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any questions for the goat Paul Macbeth? Um, probably, but they're not coming into yep. my brain right now. Put you on the spot. <laughs> Stage fright, but, um, <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, just this is cool. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. So just get back to our Thank text message. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, absolutely. Get back to our text message there. We appreciate your support. And uh, thank you again. All right. Thank you. Yep. All, All right. right. So Bye. now we'll, now I see okay. this is how it works. You drop somebody after the call. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Inter, intern Ben didn't make it in tonight. Well, actually, he's sneaking in. He's behind Nick. Did you see yeah. that? Gannon Bird did sneak yeah, Gannon out. Bird came over. He, he started choking on him. Choked me out real quick. I so. defended him, though. You know, I did my best. He did your best. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> that is intern Ben. He, yeah, now I don't know if you guys up. are in the same weight class, you know? <laughs> True. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like okay. he might have a couple pounds on him, even though he's got a foot on me. Okay. So this was fantastic. In wrapping this up, because um, we're over time, that's what we do on the Nick and Matt show. Is there anything that we missed that either of you want to say, or we can just give you a closing thoughts and we'll be on our way? Yeah, one thing is uh just want to thank Ledgestone and um, the PDJ for being a part of this project. Mm. And uh, they're, they're heading this as well as the foundation and Fight for the Forgotten. So um, these four have come together and make this project possible. So I uh, just want to shout them out real quick. Absolutely. Thank you for their support as well. Uh, Justin, any closing thoughts? 
Uh, I would just say now, after meeting you passionate guys and the callers and the donors, like I'm going to have to learn how to how to play golf. Let's now. make it happen. Um, yeah. I have learned the other one to swing a club, and uh, I'm going to learn how to play this. And maybe, maybe on that comeback tour of Paul, maybe I can find time to come out and support him and support mm-hmm. the foundation. I was already hoping to do that this year, and so I'll be I'll be coming out sometime, meeting people and shaking their hands and saying thank you. Um, so yeah, thank you to all the donors that came in. We're I think we're over seventeen hundred dollars now at wow. eighteen hundred. Great, and um, wow. so that's going to be doubled. And so thank you so much. And yeah, the donation page uh, that's a collaborative one is at fightfortheforgotten.org, dot um, but it's it's earmarked for this this uh, course. And so we're really, really, really excited about it. Follow the journey at the Foundation, and uh, we'll be giving some updates. Incredible. And that'll be going for four weeks, correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I believe it's going Perfect. for four weeks. Yeah, we're going to, yeah. every Monday night when we do the Nick and Matt show, we are going to be talking about this, and we're going to try Light to support updates. it. Our, our live viewers are incredible. Our post-production crew is incredible. Um, we are going to support this. So, absolutely. So this was fantastic. You mentioned wanting to uh, learn to throw. I mean, we know Paul likes Maple Hill. You got to come out to Central Massachusetts, <laughs> yeah. 50, 50 minutes west of Boston. I know you're a busy guy, but man, it is a fun place to play and learn. So if you ever make yeah. it out, if, hit us up. If someone's listening that's from Austin, uh, let me know the best course. Maybe y'all know the best course in Austin, Texas. Awesome. Well, they got a lot of good ones. I'm is sure is there a boat for you guys? Which one I should try first? Uh, Paul, Paul would know. Of course, in Austin. Sorry. In Austin? Yeah. Oh, man. The number one is uh, Roy G. But uh, I know they've had some homeless problems. But I heard they've cleaned it up. So uh, that's the number one I hear go to. Um, man. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot yeah. in Texas. Yeah. There's just a lot, Google so. it. You'll find it. But yeah, it's it's <laughs> no a shortage. good time. Yep. You Think, don't have to go far. Yeah. You don't have to go far. No. Go ahead, Nick. We're going to awesome. wrap it up. It's not a Wednesday night, but here it's, we go. It's not a Monday night, but I mean, everybody, yeah. thank you so much for tuning into the show. Justin and Paul, thank you for everything that you guys are doing outside of your sports, just being incredible athletes and incredible role models to everyone out there. Um, please go on to fight for the forgotten.org to check the uh, bookmark where the donation page is. If you're listening to this post-production, check it out. It's in the description on the YouTube channel. Uh, We say this every single week, and this is just such an incredible episode, but tell someone you love them. We'll catch you guys in the next one. That's right. As I always say, Nick, you're awesome. Evan, Justin, Paul, you're all awesome. Thank you guys so much. We love our listeners. You guys are tremendously supportive. We'll catch you on the next episode. Peace out, everybody. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.